Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. This evening, mm. um, but you've been gone for two weeks now. Yes. So. I haven't been feeling well. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. You're feeling better, right? I didn't sleep. But, okay, don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> Last week, I went to bed at about eleven o'clock, maybe on Saturday, mm -hmm. and by about nine forty-five p.m. Sunday, I made it back to my bed because I had slept all day on the couch. Oh, okay. Which is why I was not able to make it. I, uh, I've, I've, every now and again, you have to have a weekend where you just sleep, mm, sleep, all the sleep. Yes, <laughs> yeah, no good. I'm well, hopefully you're, you won't have to go through that again. I'm here and I'm awake. <laughs> to win? So far, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, hi, folks. Uh, well, Mindy is back. Dustin is here as well, and I am Tim, and this is Apocalypse Now. And we had intended this evening, because we don't have Teen Wolf this week. Dustin right. and I did the two, they did two episodes last week. We did a, a longer episode. Yes. Uh, and covered those two episodes. They were off this week. And so we were, were like... Because of the VMAs. Right. There's Ugh. a... The Video Music Awards. I actually suggested that we watch the VMAs as if we were watching a science fiction movie. <laughs> but Tim was not into I, I see where you're going with that. Though. I suggested since Toby Hooper has died, and uh, we got the news today that Toby Hooper died. We're recording this on Sunday. And, of course, Toby Hooper, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, Life Force, the TV version of Salem's Lot, uh, a bunch of other movies. Uh, one of the great defining voices of modern horror films. Mm -hmm. And uh, we thought, hey, let's, let's watch a Toby Hooper movie. Well, it turns out that they are either not on Netflix anymore or they're you know we're poor starving artist types and so we're like paying $13 to Amazon Prime so yeah so we uh, instead decide to watch uh, what we do in the shadows I can we... say this I'll just say as the person who's never seen a lot of things mm -hmm. I have seen Poltergeist well and Poltergeist is one of the <laughs> Poltergeist is, is one of the defining <laughs> Uh, horror films of the 1970s, but what's interesting is that 1970s, or was 80s, it in the early 80s, 80s, early 80s, it's become a film that's been so parodied because people had such a powerful reaction to it. Mm -hmm. I still have nightmares, a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean the "they're here" bit is just oh, ingrained yeah. in your mind, and of course Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was for many people the beginnings of the masked killer. You know, psychotic, you know, monster, human monster. <coughs> right. Um, and it, it's one of those films that if you if you ever sit down and actually watch it after, you know, never having seen it, you've heard all this stuff about it, and you realize it's actually surprisingly bloodless. Mm -hmm. It is, it's not as violent as you would think it would be. You don't see the things you think you see. It's actually really, really clever. Uh, your mind fills in a lot of the blanks, which of course is... Worse, like the alien movie, like the yes, like the alien movie. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I had, and I had hoped to actually, as I know, uh, I had hoped to actually, because uh, neither one of these two has seen Life Force. And it's to, to me, it's Toby Hooper's, not, it's, it's not anywhere near his best film, but it is amazingly awful. <laughs> and I was kind of hoping that to sort of a celebrate this guy, because mm-hmm. it's got great practical effects for the time. It's got an incredible cast. It's just such a mess of a movie. And unfortunately, it's like, we could find the making of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the there's a great YouTube channel called uh, Your Movie Sucks mm-hmm. and they do a thing called Exploring and they do they did an Exploring Life Force once and mm-hmm. I watched that yeah so we'll do um, at some point I'm sure we'll have a chance to watch it but uh, not tonight unfortunately so we're very very sorry to hear about losing Toby Hooper I mean he's he really was a defining force in horror we even though we don't always talk about horror titles here. I mean, we, that's kind of the point of the, you know, we kind of came out of... We're the, we're the spooky side of sci-fi. Yeah, for we are. We're supposed to be. We're, we're, <laughs> we're we are um, demented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, we're very sorry to hear it because he mm-hmm. inspired a lot of filmmakers. So what we, uh, what we do in the shadows. Yes. Very funny movie. Yes. Very and speaking funny. of Tomato Tomato, oh. it I got a rating of 96 oh, yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. I remember when first found out this movie was coming out because I'm a huge Flight of the Concords fan. Mm-hmm. I've seen them several times in live and own everything. It's all on my phone right here. And uh, I remember when seeing that, it was kind of that whole, really? It got that? Okay, okay, which made me even more excited. And I was telling them earlier that when I did see it in the theaters here in Kansas City, it was very limited, and the last day it was going to be in the theater. Yeah, it had a really limited run in L.A. and New York when it first came to the States, and it was one of those things. New Zealand's film industry, most Americans, if they know anything about New Zealand, is... That's where they shot the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that Australia and New Zealand have their own film and television industries. Yeah. Because they're, oh, yeah. they're actually a country mm-hmm. of their own, and they have their own stuff. Um, um, I remember in college, um, we discussed earlier tonight how, how I have uh, developed this uh, love for this show on Disney Channel that my daughter loves called Andy Mac. Mm-hmm. And Andy Mac is basically for 13-year-old girls, but I love it. It's like a little soap opera. I used to watch this show that was from New Zealand called um, Being Sam or something like Mm -hmm. that. And it was on forever, like from the time Sam, the girl on the show, was like 13 until she graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. And I watched that when I was in college, and it was on like Nick, like Teen Nick or something. Back before the Sci-Fi Channel went off the rails and turned into the Wrestling Channel, um, they used to have a show called Farscape, which was mm-hmm. a really amazingly well-done science fiction show, and it was breaking new ground right and left. And it was a co-production between the Australian, uh, the Australian and Jim Henson Company and an Australian company or a New Zealand company. But anyway, they they filmed a lot of stuff in, in Australia, and there's Australia a, and New Zealand are just two different. They places. are two different places. I know they are, but they are close <laughs> enough that people actually travel to the back and forth between the two of them on a regular. No, 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 no. It's like going to Canada. 
We're, we're oh. going to. Or we're going. Yeah, but don't mix them up. There is no, that no. one they, episode. No, do not mix them up. Right. Do not exactly. mix them up. This is very true. But they do have. Both of them have have vibrant uh, film and, mm-hmm. and television communities, and so something. But American audiences, unfortunately, unless they manage to get that certain film in through, there's a whole world literally of, of film and television that we don't get to see i mean mm-hmm. we get to see a lot of bbc stuff because bbc america uh there's a lot of chinese films and japanese j horror of course mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of other films out there there's a huge south american uh horror and mm-hmm. and drama comedy stuff we never see india of course bollywood has got this gigantic uh it's actually i think one of the largest uh filmmaking operations there is yeah. is bollywood so, but we don't get exposed to this as much as we should. So, something like this. Let's see. How do you sell this? Well, we're making the Spinal Tap of vampire movies, and <laughs> it, that might work to some distributors. Some distributors are sit there and go, "I'm not so sure about this." And but still, it became a you know, it, it did become a hit. There, there's going to be a, a New Zealand television series about the two cops in the mm-hmm. film. Uh, there's a sequel coming out about the werewolves. And obviously, nice. Stu will be in that, clearly, oh, yeah, because gosh. Stu is... <laughs> the breakout character of the whole thing. I think he doesn't even have a line until the very end of the movie. <laughs> he sits in the corner like, hey. No, um, he, he told them that he just did the computer programming yeah. fairly early on. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those films that it's not... It kind of just meanders along. There's really nothing that you know. There's no 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 overarching plot, right? And it's... well, I guess there is because it's about these three, four, four mm-hmm. vampires of varying ages who share a house in New Zealand, and um, and they you know do all these different things. And one of them has this servant, and he asks her to bring to dinner as dinner. Um, Virgins. A man and a woman, virgins. <laughs> uh, and she brings a woman and this guy named uh, Nick. Who she knew when they were kids. Yeah. And apparently, based on the phone call, he used to tease her when she was a kid. And this is how she's getting her revenge. <laughs> she's going to feed him to a vampire. And unfortunately, Nick gets turned into a vampire. Uh, they eat the girl, and Nick goes running through the house and can't find his way out. And, mm-hmm. he runs, and the other vampires are, are toying with him, and he's like, ah, he runs away. And then the uh, <laughs> the the Von Orlock version, uh, the Nosferatu Peter! vampire, Peter, <laughs> just jumps out and just grabs his Peter got him. Yeah, Whoa. Peter has this really bad habit of turning, because he turned one of the other vampires. Right. If you've seen the film Nosferatu, he's the one who looks kind of like a, yeah. uh, a humanoid, humanoid rat bat thing. And he has no dialogue in the film. Mm-hmm. He just sits there and looks at people and just kind of nods, mm-hmm. shakes his head, <laughs> nods. And uh, for if you haven't seen if you haven't seen the film, uh, first of all, go see the film, honestly. It's, or go get it on Blu-ray or DVD or, or, or uh, online. It's very, very funny. But the vampires tend to come in... You have, you have your Victorian vampire, you have your, your uh, Nosferatu vampire, you've got your Dracula era, uh, Vlad Tepish era vampire, and then you've got the one who's uh, probably, what, uh, 200 years old? Yeah. Uh, he's, the, he's the young one. 183, I think. He's the young bad boy vampire. And they're all, 
they're all oblivious to how terrible they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, just how kind of pathetic touch? they are. <laughs> they all think they're like amazing and cool, and they're just like <laughs> sad. <laughs> you know, they go out. They try to go out drinking, or they try to go out to a bar to pick to get people, and they, because you have to, in, they have to be invited into a place. <laughs> Nobody will invite them into a bar, so they can't get in. <laughs> And they go to the one vampire bar. And, and it's terrible. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Like, they get into this bar and it's like no one there. And, you know, actually it looked like a place I would probably go to. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, you mean I can get a drink and I don't have to talk to anyone? Can I just go? I'll just go there. Can I just do that? The uh, This is one of those films. It's one of those comedies that is not... Things are not played for laughs. There's not a pause for... I mean, the pace of the film is... There's a whole lot of pausing with the characters just kind of looking around going, what are we supposed to do now? And, <laughs> and they're being followed... The, the, the film, the premise of the film is that they're being followed around by a documentary crew uh-huh. for a very flimsy reason. It's just like, there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our documentary filmmakers. They are following us around and filming us. Mm-hmm. Why? For reasons. Because they asked. <laughs> uh, so it's not it's not the kind of thing where the the jokes are more about the personalities of the people involved and their interactions with the modern world and their their general lack of. Self awareness, right. I guess. And right. when Nick gets turned, he like, introduces them to the internet <laughs> and digital photography, which they didn't. <laughs> you know. And Nick is kind of like that person who becomes part of the club who just can't shut up about how cool it is to be in the club. Uh huh. It's probably not a good idea to go around telling everyone Would you're you a vampire. Well, them. Who else? Well, <laughs> <laughs> who else? <laughs> and this unfortunately leads to tragedy. Because he gave his email to a, to a vampire. vampire hunter <laughs> who shows up and sets Peter on fire. Uh. Yeah, well, Peter kills him. Yes. And then he, because he came in through the basement, Window, he, Peter, yeah. Peter wanders into the beam of sunlight. <laughs> and that's what kills Peter. Peter killed the vampire hunter and then he got. <laughs> like, I love that he's on fire and they're like stop drop and roll Peter come upstairs Peter <laughs> and he just ah. <laughs> uh, yeah cause it's they just the lack of awareness in these characters is so damn funny they are just oblivious to so much there's an argument early on in the film about doing household chores <laughs> and uh, Deacon, the the young quote unquote young vampire, uh, it's his job to do the dishes, and he hasn't done it in five years. <laughs> it's this giant pile of bloody dishes, and the camera cuts to it once, <laughs> and then cuts away, and he's like, and there's the dishes, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> and it's that kind of thing. I mean, the house they they call it a flat. It's basically a mansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is that has sprawling. not been touched yeah. by time. Yeah. And the walls are like caked in blood. <laughs> when when the, when she's in there cleaning, she's got like that one little area that's nice and clean, and then she just kind of looks at the rest, and it's just blood splattered everywhere. 
Justin looks over and goes, she's terrible at this. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I think I would like to think that if I were a vampire, I would do better at picking my familiar. Mm-hmm. But they're terrible because, because um, Vlago's familiar, because he was in love with a girl, he got to, he, he got to... New Zealand because he was in love with this girl and sh- her family moved to New Zealand mm-hmm. and so he asked his servant to ship him there and he put the wrong postage on <laughs> and so he ended up like tr- floating around in his coffin on like steamer ships for, for over a year and when he get, finally gets to New Zealand and finds her she's married and so she, and so she's he was just like well I guess I guess I'll just you know let her live her life she looks happy but then like he over at the end of the film he finds her in church. He's like ninety. <laughs> the age difference isn't a big thing. People aren't sitting there looking. Why is this ninety-some-year-old woman with someone four times her age? Yeah. They could say I'm rubbing the cradle. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Uh, so I'm watching Dustin because. Uh, and he's smiling and he's smiling and you know, just you know, funny stuff. And he's smiling, and then the first real guffaw out of him is where uh, <laughs> Viago's brought this girl home, and she's sitting on the desk. He's already two people out for like, getting blood on the first <laughs> and he rang out papers and, and put towels in it. And she's just like obliviously blathering on about I'm not going to college, I'm going to travel. And he's just there. He goes for her throat, and all of a sudden, blood is arcing across the room. And he's like, ah! Because he, he, he hit a vein the wrong way. And she's just like bleeding out in great gouts. And Dustin's just like, Ugh. But then he does it again when, when they invite Nick to the dinner to kill him. Uh, the girl, he... It's just a one-second moment. Like, Nick's running through the house trying to find a way out. He opens the door to the to the dining room, and Blanco's caught the girl on the table, and blood's just shooting out of her. And he's like, no, no! They're not, oh very, they're not very good at this. And that's the thing, is that the vampires in this movie, even when they go to this, it leads up to this giant party with the undead. It's the the Greater Wellington Dead With the vampires, the zombies, the witches. And all the vamp it's like it's like a really bad uh club meeting. Yeah. It's like it's like these people they're all they're all dressed. Uh, just a little wrong. Well, you see, then goes Blade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or the, the... Or, the, like, a couple years ago when he went as Whoopi Goldberg from Sister Act <laughs> and Sister Act 2, back in a habit. It, it, it did not go well because, you know, vampires don't like nuns. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, Stephen King wrote a sequel to The Shiny, and it's called um, Dr. Sleep. Right, yeah, uh-huh. And in Doctor Sleep, um, the main villains are is this group of traveling, basically energy vampires. Mm-hmm. They suck the soul out of people as they kill them, and care like they travel in trailers, like mm-hmm. mobile homes, and they're like part of their disguise is that they're like middle aged and like the men all wear like Bermuda shorts and socks with sandals and. The women all like wear the the sweaters with Montana across the boobs and like so they don't they're just these people who drive around their RVs and if you were to stop at a stop you know at a rest stop and see them 
you'd just be like, oh, it's a middle-aged person in an RV. You wouldn't think that these are century-old vampires who are, you know, have a, a toddler tied up in the back about <laughs> to take them out to Cornfield Needham. And when I, when we, when you watch the scene of the, um, the vampire party, I was, that's what I was kind of thinking was like, well, obviously the vampires are going to dress like bad versions of vampires. Cause when you look at that, you're just going to be like, oh, obviously, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was fun. It was a really fun movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I laughed also every single time they showed Stu. Oh, God. Every <laughs> single time. So Nick brings his friend Stu over. And Nick is having a really hard time adapting to vampire life because he cannot... I mean, yes, he's he's talking to people he shouldn't be talking to and, you know, getting mm-hmm. people killed. But he's he's really not... doesn't know what to do. And he has a hard time leaving his previous life behind. So he brings his friend Stu over. And Stu is just this... Just this kind of, yeah, just a guy. He's a nice guy. And, and all the vampires at first are like, first we thought we were going to eat him. Now we love him. And it's so funny because there's a moment where Deacon sitting in the, in the, in the kitchen knitting. He's like, I'm knitting a scarf for stew. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't eat him. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, you know, Stu's teaching them how to do martial arts. Yeah. And Stu's, <laughs> Stu's a really well-rounded, well-rounded character who mm-hmm. has like, five lines in the entire movie it's like how you doing Stu I'm good yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, like thinking, and I think three of the five lines are him saying well I'm working software development <laughs> as he's trying to say it louder and louder and louder because, so that he can hear it Nick brings him to the big undead masquerade ball well it said plus one it didn't say what kind of plus one <laughs> Which is not a very good argument as far as either vampires and the zombies. There's a zombie who's there, and he's like, "We're really trying to get away from the whole arms out, you know, <laughs> groaning thing." He goes, "This is, you know, it's really kind of passe." And then so later, that zombie is sitting on, a, like, sitting there talking to Stu, and he goes, "Wait a minute, are you pre-deceased?" <laughs> and Stu like. Gets up and like walks away, and that van- and the zombie like, like stands up, and he's like, "Where well, you can see he's fighting." He's like, <laughs> the arms want to come up, and then all of a sudden his arms come up, and he starts chasing after us to do really slowly. The Vlad the Impaler type vampire, his mortal enemy is called the Beast. And the reveals that the Beast is his ex girlfriend. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned you describe him as that because if you read about this on here, he was saying or some trivia stuff mm-hmm. on him, he. Uh, he uh, based his performance and everything on from Gary Oldman. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Which totally reeks handsome, yeah. whatever. But I've got a crush on him anyway. So the whatever. best, <laughs> the best introduction. Like so, so uh, Vlago's walking through, like waking everybody up, and he knocks on Deacon's door, and it's a closet, and he's hanging upside down, <laughs> and then he goes and knocks on uh, uh, Vladislav's door, and and. He opens it up, and it's just this red velvet sumptuous, and in the middle, like on a wall, like they're on the wall, and it's Vladislav and like two beautiful women, and they're like, oh, like having all this, and the door closes it, and then Vladislav comes and opens it, and he's just like wearing pajamas, like, and like, what do you want? <laughs> and that's Jermaine Clement, who yes, is from Flight of the Flight Concords. Of the Concords. And but his, 
his great enemy, the Beast, is his ex-girlfriend, and she is the big guest of honor at this this dinner. And he's like, that's fine. I don't care. I love how one of the things, he used to be so good, he'd be able to change into the different <laughs> animals, but now he just can't get the face right. And we only get one shot of him doing that when mm-hmm. they're chasing Nick around in the house, and he's the cat. <laughs> Which like, oh. I I'm really like that I part of me wishes they had played that moment for more horror mm-hmm. because it's really really funny because <laughs> like even though Nick's being chased around and like seeing his friend get killed and all, he doesn't say a word he's just like oh okay I guess I'm not going through there that's not the way out you know like <laughs> it's. There's there's bloody moments in the film, but it's never played for horror. Yeah, and I mean it's a little bit creepy in the fact that these these guys are so blasé about eating people, but it's never it's like I said, there's more pathetic than anything mm-hmm. else. They're <laughs> I just did kind of sad. I was actually like and you at, root for them. Yeah, you do. And at the end of the film, when they're at the undead party and everybody started to realize that Stu is a human, I was like, oh. Oh no! <laughs> Don't eat stew. <laughs> well, he loves stew, and then all of his, you know, his vampire friends surround him and keep them from being eaten. And then Vlad shows up and takes on the beast, like you know, she, who is kind of an eighties oh, um, valley girl looking. I mean, she's got. She mm-hmm. doesn't sound like one. Uh, but it's like, what exactly is she famous for? Why is she the guest of honor? I don't. Did they? I don't think they I don't ever think actually. They say. just every year they just, have a guest of honor. And but he shows up. Vlad shows up with a mask. And he's like, "Have you forgotten? You forgotten your ex boyfriend so soon?" And she's like, "It's like Georgie." <laughs> and he's like, "No." <laughs> It was five years later than that. It's, it's, it's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then they, you know. They, they get Stu out of there and safely, except for they run into their. They don't run. Here's the thing. I, that irritated me a little bit. Like, they didn't run to the werewolves. They went to go and antagonize the werewolves. Well, yeah. So the, the werewolves in town are. It's, painting themselves up. The first time they encounter them, in fact, it's with Stu the first time too, mm-hmm. and they just they de- uh, Deacon deliberately antagonizes the werewolves, and the werewolves are like, "Just leave us alone, man. We're just trying to get along." And he's like, "You know, we're werewolves. That's werewolves." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the, after the party, they go and find them again. They're like trying to change them. So it's the full moon. We're about to change. Leave alone. You got yourself a, a code and whatever. Why don't you get a combination like when I lost the key the last time? Now take off all the clothes you want to keep. Wait a minute. You can't wear those jeans, man. You're just you're going you're gonna to expand it twice. Guys, you've just wasted those jeans. That tree's not that tree's not big enough to change. You're going to be twice your size, man. Go find yourself a better tree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because they're antagonizing them and because they're they won't leave it left well enough alone. The werewolves start to change, and they they go a little changey. They say they, they threaten to change the first time they meet him because they're antagonizing him there. But this is the full moon's coming out. It's not. And then, what's interesting about this film is that there, so with the exception of a couple of moments like the <clears throat> the head on the cat, most of the effects of this movie are practical. Mm-hmm. 
So when you got blood arcing across the room, you, <laughs> there's a blood tube somewhere. It's just shooting out of pressure. Uh, or the werewolves are actually fairly big costumes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and when they well, fly, it's like it's wire work. <laughs> and they do the whole rotating hallway when the vampires are fighting <laughs> in the old Fred Astaire rotating room bit. They do that and they're like, <laughs> fight on the ceiling like a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a really funny film. If you haven't seen it, um, do it. Yeah, oh yeah, it's really worth watching. And I'm, I'm, we're, we're actually excited about the the New Zealand TV show with the two cops in it, which we haven't talked about the cops, who are just the most matter-of-fact. So we've come to the house, and we heard some screams. Well, well, uh, uh, Vlago hypnotizes them. You won't see anything unusual. Yeah. And first he says, I'm really bad at this, so it might wear off at any moment. But then they go wander through the house, and like there's blood everywhere, and there's like, and they keep saying, blood oh. is all hanging on to him. Yeah, from the <laughs> ceiling, and they're like, you know, like, oh, you don't have any smoke detectors in this room. You know. And they go into the, dead, there's a dead body on the floor, like, oh, is he all right? Is he, oh, he's drunk. Oh, well. You know, okay, but I guess you can't he... keep him down here. He's gonna wake up. He's not gonna. He's not having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> take him out of the basement. You know, come on. But apparently, he did much better than he thought because it's months, months later, and they're still not seeing. They're like, "Well, this is dog attack," and like, you know, because one of the cameramen is eaten and Stu is attacked, and, <laughs> and so they're like they're cleaning up this dog, this werewolf attack. Like, well. It's, it's like almost monthly that we have these dog attacks. They, they've got this poor, like, black lab. Like, this, see what you did. You're going to be put down for this. And the dog's like, no. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, highly recommended. Highly yes. recommended. Uh, it's uh, it's actually really good comedy, mm-hmm. which is it's hard to find good horror comedy. Um, it's hard to find well hard to find good comedy anymore period there's some really really bad back in my days when I was a boy when I was a young whippersnapper I was never a young whippersnapper you were not is that you... when you guys walked to school uphill both ways no Tim was Tim always had this head I did I was on just, top I of his right tiny little body so odd <laughs> well, my mother was not pleased he came out he came out and he was like I've seen better I've seen better deliveries <laughs> Does it explain a great deal about my mother? The practical and, and effects were uh, the relationship between my mother and I. The best, <laughs> or something. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we hope you guys, if you like I said again, if you haven't seen it, we have we've we've given some spoilers here, but it hasn't been that many. It's it's very very enjoyable. You get a great opportunity to watch something that is. We don't do it justice. No, no. we don't. We don't. So thank you, folks, for listening. We'll be back next week with more. Teen Wolf. Teenage Wolf. Wolf. Back. And then it's the last five episodes. The last five episodes. Of the season and the series. And uh, Dustin will probably cry. Probably. Yeah. And if he doesn't, I'll be disappointed because you've been promising him that. Well, I'm worried because it's been really pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> because love is in the air. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they oh. decided to shoehorn a romance between Another Scotty really and Malia. Great. Australian flick? <laughs> Strictly ballroom, right? <laughs> actually, one of, one of my favorite of his films, actually. Um, so, yeah, Baz, Baz Luhrmann. Um, yeah. 
that one and and uh, uh, Moulin Rouge or two Moulin of my two favorite Just films. terrible. Stop it. I love that movie. It's gorgeous. That movie is ruined by the ending. That movie is beautifully shot and beautifully beautiful production design, and the music is great. There's a story. Are you sure? I don't think there is a story it's in that a, movie. That it's a well, it's, ruined a, by it's the a terrible story, but it's got great music and it looks good. It could have but been. But Strictly Ballroom is a really good it. film. Yes. That movie should have ended yes. with him finishing his novel with with the. Edwin McGregor character finishing his novel with like tears on his face and he puts it down and he's sitting there and then Nicole Kidman should have come up and picked up the last page and said you killed me again <laughs> <laughs> and then they would you know then it would have been but it just oh, so bad Dustin is so revealing bad. okay every now and again Dustin reveals the fact that he does have a romantic side normally he keeps it in a box under the bed and he brings mm-hmm. it out and looks at it and goes, You're not going to get me laid. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, he was watching Moulin Rouge the last time he was using it and broke it. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back with more of this nonsense <laughs> next week on Zompocalypse Now here on Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Thank you, Dustin. We'll come, John. Thank you, Mindy. Uh, Eggplant parmesan? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. (laughs) 